Now, I know deer season is right here on top of us, but guys, I'm telling you, turkey season isn't too far away. Before you know it, turkey season is going to be right here on top of us, and you're going to be scrounging, looking for stuff. Hey, you ain't got to look far. Go to Instagram. Go to Facebook. Bloodline Custom Calls. That's where you want to go. Those guys have some of the best slate calls you're going to hear for hunting turkeys. I'm telling you, hands down, good stuff. And you know what else they've got right now that you can use? Some good merchandise. Man, two of the coolest looking camouflage hats that I've ever seen. And then they've got a new hoodie coming out that, hey guys, wink, wink, nod, nod. I'd like to get one. Oh my goodness, those new hoodies they've got are, mm, they good looking, okay? Just going to say that. Bloodline Custom Calls. Go check them out. Instagram, Facebook. Uh, I'm telling you, man, when it comes down to slate calls, these are some of the best sounding calls I've heard. Bloodline Custom Calls right here. Ruston, Louisiana. North Louisiana Company. You know, we got to support local. Give them a shot. You won't be disappointed, I promise you. So you guys know I've been using Wise Eye Trail Cameras this year. And I got to tell you, it is extremely hard to beat the picture clarity on this camera. Not only the picture clarity, it's the confidence in knowing that the cell coverage is actually going to send you the pictures. It beats, I mean, it just takes all the frustration that comes with cell cameras totally away. I know for a fact if something walks in front of this Wise Eye, I'm going to get a picture. So check them out. Wise Eye Trail Cameras. Of course, you've got the graphs that come along with it. You've got the charts, the weather, the lunar phase, all that good stuff. Man, I'm telling you, it's loaded up. You're going to look at the price. You're going to be like, <gasps> but hey, trust me, you're going to get the best camera that there is on the market. Trust me when I tell you this. Wise Eye Technologies has put one together. Check them out, Wise Eye Technologies. You want to put your hands on one, go down to K&M Coffee, Corks and Camo in Farmerville. And also, if you want to just get it online, check them out on Amazon. Wise Eye Trail Cameras. Trust me, it's the way to go. Boy, I got a good one for you tonight. I'm proud of this one. I'm really glad to get with Terry Alvis of Downsville, Louisiana. Terry killed a really, really great Union Parish Piney Woods buck 147 and 6 eighths as a typical 10 with one little extra point to make it an 11 point. Now, you probably say, you know, we was all raised up on, well, if I could hang a ring on it. No, we ain't going to say if you can hang a ring on it. To be a scorable point, it's got to be one inch. Now, it's your deer. You can call it what you want to, but when I score it, I'm going to say it had 11 scorable points. For a total score of 147 and 6 eighths. Terry's Deer's got all kind of stuff, man. It's got a great spread, like over 18 inches, like 18 and 3 eighths inches. Main beams in excess of 23 inches. Long tines. I think the longest time was almost 12 inches, if not 12. So, I mean, it was really a nice, nice deer. Killed it with a crossbow, Union Parish, Louisiana, early season. Let's give a listen Terry Alvis. Here we go. Union Parish Buck Contest is in full effect, man, and we had a deer come in the first night, uh, or I take that back, the second night. I had just scored a nice 130-something uh, inch deer from north side of the parish, and I saw this gentleman walk in with with a rack. with, with that. First off, I saw how wide it was. 
Uh, and then I saw the length of the tines, and the first thing went through my head was, okay, I said, out of state deer. And I had it, Mr. Terry, I had it the whole time in my head that I, before I ever talked to you that this was an out-of-state deer. Come to find out, it's from right <laughs> yeah. here in the parish, man. Terry Alvis, man, that is a great animal you put on the ground the other day. Thank you. So, you know, give us some background on you. You know, tell us where you where you're from, what you do for a living, and then give us some background on, on your hunting. You know, how did you grow up hunting around here? Okay, um, I was actually born in Marshall, Texas, and we moved here when I was seven. And um, I have seven brothers and sisters. So, I mean, I started hunting young, you know, teenager, early teenager. My dad, he'd take me some. And then early, early age, I started hunting on my own, you know. But um, then we lived down in the Point area. And, you know, back then, then all the the land was open pretty much, you know, company land. What year? What year and, is this going to be around? Ah, uh, it's going to be shoot around uh, nineteen seventy. Okay. You know, in the early uh, late sixties, probably. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and you could pretty much hunt anywhere you wanted to. But there were there there weren't a whole lot of deer back then. Uh, not like it is now. Uh, and you know you kill one every once in a while a doe or something just just generally hunting because you know a lot lot back then a lot of the deer you ate right you know you hunted them but, you know but well if you've got seven a, brothers and sisters i'm sure that was really part of you going out in the woods was to get something something to eat huh oh sure i mean it was uh, that's what it was basically all about i mean it was, it was no trophy hunting it was just like on doe day you try to get you a doe and you know, you only had like two weekends of doe day back then, but, uh, and stuff like that. And if you did kill a buck or, you know, a four point or something like that was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but it has changed so much, and, you know, and I have too. Yeah. Um, How, I, I, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, you, you gave the time frame, and you said there wasn't a whole lot of trophy hunting that was done. You know, some of the bigger deer that was killed, that's ever been killed in the parish were done in the late sixties. Did you know? And they did y'all did word of that those deer travel around? You know, kind of like what it is now, or did it just no? Really, it, no. If you heard about it, you heard about it from someone you knew. Uh huh. I mean, there's no social media and uh, not a whole lot of television. <laughs> right. But uh, the way I understood it, those big deer that were killed back then were uh, a lot of them were brought in here. Mm-hmm. You know, I've heard of uh, what a Missouri blue buck or something like that. Yeah, yeah, the Wisconsin. They always called them the Wisconsin blues. There's a, you know, there's one group that'll say that the Wisconsin deer didn't make it very long because they uh, they weren't used to this habitat around here and the heat kind of took them out. And then there's another group that said, no, I'm telling you, that was the Wisconsin deer. So there's a little bit of of, uh, you know, you get some conflicting stories in there. But, hey, either sure. way it goes, those deer that that Mr. Pruce and Mr. Cranford and Mr. Dendy killed back in those days, those, I'm telling you, man, I don't know if you've ever seen them. My word, they are some big, big. And then Jerry Antley down there where y'all are, he killed, he's got a good mm-hmm. one on the wall. So, yeah, he's my neighbor. Yeah, he's my neighbor. Okay. He lives about a mile and a half up the road from me. <laughs> 
So, you know, back in those days, was it primarily dog hunt, steel hunt? How did y'all do it? Uh, it was both. Um, both. Um, in my younger days, you know, I'd just get out in the woods and hope the dogs come by me. But as I got older and a teenager and had a truck, I mean, that was that was, that was the deal. We couldn't wait till dog season opened. But it's, it's a lot more populated. Now, they still do some dog hunting around in this area in the Francis Creek Hunting Club, but I'm not in it anymore. I used to be, but um, that I mean that was that was the thing. You just burn a lot of gas and not hardly shoot anything. <laughs> You're right, You're, and it was a community <laughs> effort, man. I, I don't know if, if uh, sure that's something sure. that I don't think that the the younger generation will fully understand. Is it was your little communities would get together and they knew what track to run and they knew who ran dogs where and not going there yeah. and we're gonna go here and oh uh, it was just sure. a good time. Oh yeah, and every crossing had a name. Absolutely. I mean and I mean you'd get out there and C B radios, that was you know <laughs> you just had a good time talking. Yeah, yeah, and heaven forbid and, somebody gets stuck because then everybody gets in on it and oh it was just oh, a sure. good time. Two wheel everybody drive knew trucks. What, two wheel right, drive trucks with the mud grips on the back. That's what everybody rode with. Yeah, everybody knew where everybody was at, and if you needed something, all you get on the radio. That's it. You know, and I don't know uh, about y'all, but you know, it seemed like all everybody pretty much you you said all the crossings had a name. Well, not only that, but everybody had their favorite one. So you knew old so and so was going to go to the such and such crossing. Oh, sure. You don't even sure, think yeah. about going over there. So. And you, and you knew the best one. That's right. You sure did. <laughs> you just had to get there first. <laughs> so, you know, did you, how, now, would you classify yourself as somebody that likes to kill mature deer, or do you just happen to take good, you know, take this good deer? Now? Yes, sir. I, I, I won't even hardly shoot a deer unless it's, you know, a, a, you know, and you need a pair, so 15, 16 wide buck is, is a good buck. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a you know a mature one, but that's as older I got. I I mean I used to climb trees twenty five feet high and hunt. I mean I was serious, but now I hunt out of ground blinds and not because I still I can't climb. I can still climb. I just it I just figured it out. It's a lot safer and just as good. It is <laughs> hunting on the ground. And I tell you, you know I I like to saddle hunt. I'm not going to lie to you. I like to get in a tree and do this new. The saddle hunting, I find it very fun. But, you know, mm-hmm. when you can get on the ground and you're eye level with these animals, um, you can hear them. Oh, sure. I mean, they sound like they're just right outside the, the blind of you. Um, and it, it increases that intensity level just a little bit for me. Yeah. I'm, you know, I mean, I, when I bow hunt, I'm, my corn is 25 yards from my blind. And, you know, I hadn't been able to hear hear real well for years how high frequency hearing loss. So I, I've, I've got hearing devices now. And when you sit there and watch deer and you hear them crunching that corn. When you hear it I popping. mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I mean, it's just like being at a movie to me. Yeah. I tried to I get just, my well, daughters. I, my, I, we had the youth season. And uh, and I told my daughter, I was like, look, I've got a ground blind set up. It's close. I said, I said, baby girl, these deer are going to be closer to you than you've ever heard. You'll hear the corn. When they're hitting it, I said, you'll hear it popping in their mouth. That's right. You know, I mean, and, and that still didn't, and it still didn't, do, wasn't enough for her to want to go. Yeah. Uh, you know, little, little girls sometimes, mine anyway, I can't, 
Yeah. They can't never tell. Girlified. They don't want to go. Right. And she know. may grow into it. Who knows? Yeah. Not, you know, I'm not going to, I'm one of them. I'm not going to push it on her, you know? Sure. So, well, I, I mean, just, there's boys, boys the same way. Absolutely right. You know? That's right. Everybody's, what they say, different strokes for different folks. And, exactly. You know, I'm not going to tell exactly. somebody how to do it. And if they, they, you know, they're, they're teenagers now and. Sure. And they're busy, busy, busy. Oh but, my goodness. Yes. I mean, um. I know some the kids that didn't start hunting until they were fifteen, sixteen, and and they're they're avid hunters too, but yeah. and never wanted to hunt when they're little, and some little ones that want to hunt from the time they can, you know. Yeah. Just yeah. different. You know, it's funny you we, you just said that. I remember being a little bitty, and I was so little. Daddy wouldn't let me handle a gun. I mean, I was probably five, six years old, but I mm-hmm. took a BB gun with me when we would dog hunt and I would sit there and I would, I had my BB gun and I had books because you know, we didn't have any social media. I wasn't on my phone. I would sit there and I'd read books, you know, the whole time that they'd be dog, you know, the old men would be out there talking and I didn't want to get out there and talk with them old men. So I'd read books and I remember when I got big enough to tote a gun, I didn't ever shoot, you know, but it was, I thought I was somebody, you know, I was big enough to 410. Boy, I was somebody. You couldn't tell me nothing. That's right. There <laughs> were some good, good times. Boy, it sure you. was. So, you know, have when did you, dis, at what point did you decide, okay, I'm not just going to shoot any deer now. I'm going to start focusing on some mature deer. Well, you, uh, you know, the longer you hunt, um, the more you, you, you realize that, you know, like this day and time, I, I usually kill one doe and have it processed. And that'll, you know, it's just me and my wife, and and that'll that'll feed us. Most of the time, we don't we don't eat all that. But I always give, you know, my family. Most of my family doesn't hunt, hardly any of them, and uh, they love deer meat though. And uh, I'll just give it to them, and then I'll kill. But that's the way I do it. But um, I just got to where it just went from hunting to I love to watch them. But if the big one, big one comes out, that's the one I'm going to shoot. I like how you said earlier, you talked about the spread. You know, you talked about that inside spread being 15, 16 inches. Mm-hmm. Before there was ever a, a score that we knew of, that's how you knew if it was a big buck. You know, somebody would say, oh, so-and-so killed a buck. Well, how wide was it? You know, oh right, that's and right. If it was fifteen or over, boy, that, that was a good deer. Oh yeah, that if it you, got seventeen inches, oh lordy! You know, I'm telling you, you know, the truth. Good. Yeah, I'm telling you. And yours that you killed the other day what was it eighteen and four eighths? I think it was three eighths. You said you yeah, found a three eighths, something like a little over eighteen inches. That's. Uh, and I'm telling you that when you came in with that deer, and I saw, like I said before, <laughs> the width, the tine length. And it had a little velvet on that left-hand side, I believe. I mean, that's just... It did. That was really, really an impressive deer that, you know, I never I never thought I would see the uh, second weekend of the Louisiana deer season, to be honest with you. I was really surprised, but I had a lot of, a lot of photo, uh, camera pictures of him. You know, I've been, I've been feeding for over two and a half months, and uh, I had him in full velvet. You know, all the way through to where he had velvet hanging off his horns, and I had some pictures of him that I thought he was completely out of velvet, but you just couldn't. And I went back and looked, and you just couldn't see it. But he had a little bit, you know, on that one side. And 
Um, but there's an eight point over there that's coming in. He's real tall. He, he's not near about impressive with that one, but he's still in full velvet. You know, and it's, I have it's weird. I have pictures you... of him. Go ahead. Last go ahead. night, <laughs> full velvet. Full velvet. I saw one I on the Louisiana deer hunters that was killed the other day. Big ten point. I'm talking about probably pushing twenty inches wide or better. Full mm-hmm. velvet. Um, I've seen fawns this year that are still carrying spots right now. And I thought I was the only one. And, and I made a post on Facebook and somebody else kicked back some pictures. And they're like, nope, look, I've, I've got them too. It's a guy right here behind me where I live. I wonder if there's uh, – it's going to be interesting to see if this is a continuing trend of longer holding velvet and fawns with long, with carrying their spots longer. Um, because I've, I've, I've seen them carry – a couple carry spots – this deep i've never seen and i'm beyond i'd never say never but i'm telling you i don't remember ever seeing deer carrying velvet uh this time of the year me me either and and just talking about spots one week ago today a little phone run across the road for me and i'm talking about small full of spots hmm. i'm talking about small not not like in the first of both seasons you know most of your phones, you know, over the years would may see a few light spots on his behind, you know. That's right. And, and, and but now, I mean, I don't know if the breeding cycle is, is just not all at once. Or if we know it's not. Right. Yeah. Or if we just had but, an unusual season where we had some does come in late, uh, maybe some uh, yearling does that caught their first cycle late. Uh, in the winter, early early spring, maybe I don't sure. know. But. And, and there's always a secondary rut, but it's usually within you know a couple weeks. Period. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, this was. I'm telling you, for fawns to have, and like you said before, with the spots on their hips, man, these deer I'm looking at got spots on their rib cage. Sure. Some of them on the front shoulders. I'm like, my goodness. Sure. Gracious, the, the one the one I saw the other day was a young young fawn, hmm. and it was solid spots. And uh, I said, man, I said, you know, usually they're, by now, the second, second, third week of both season, their spots, are, they're supposed to be gone. Oh, absolutely. All right. And if you see one with spots, you really got to look hard. You better be carrying some shoe polish with you just in case. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. But, you know, I asked this question. Um, I hunt at Tinsaw a little bit. You know, every once in a while I'll go over there and hunt that refuge. And, you know, their road over there is January the 1st. Right. That's right. And what are we? We're only like seventy miles. Mm-hmm. The same temperature, and and I finally asked, you know, some biologists over there. I asked them, and I couldn't figure out why. You know, the the rut was a good month apart, but he told me it was the water. That's right. Yeah, and I never knew that. I couldn't figure it, so I asked him, and he said the water um stays so high; those does have cycled themselves to where they have them. I guess in the least danger. That's right. When the flood waters is the way, yeah, way he put it. When the flood waters can go down, uh, they're they're going to start dropping. That way, the you know when the flood waters come up, a little baby fawn's not going to be able to keep up with the mama. Uh, way way I take it. Uh, yeah. Swimming yep. and whatnot like that. So right. genetically, uh, they have cycled out that early um, breed, and so and that's where it comes. And then the guys over on the southwest side of the state. You know, their rut is right about now. You know, they're really, really yeah. they're really starting to come in. So there's really three ruts going to be happening 
in Louisiana. You got that that one early, early, you know, late October. Then you've got Iowa's going to be around November Thanksgiving. And then you drop down around that that River Delta area that's going to have some going into, uh, like you mm-hmm. said, late around Christmas or New Year's. Right. Yeah. You do any You good? know, I never... I never see a good rut anyway here, but you, you'll catch one chasing one every once in a while. But, um. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny you say that. Sometimes I, if you if you do catch it, it's a day or two. I mean, it's not like a week-long. Oh, thing. yeah. It's you, like you, yeah. one day you've got three or four bucks running around. You're like, what in the world? And that's it. And, and but that's, you're right there. Over with cause you won't have anything coming during the daylight to anywhere. They're straight no, almost nocturnal after that well that's the good good thing about these cameras you know you can look at um some of your photographs and you can tell because you know right now it's still the mature bucks are running together yep you're right i mean exactly i mean right. but and when you see them start any camera starting to you know one at a time and then you see a doe and a buck and you can kind of get ready to get a little more serious but I tell you, I call this time of the year when we start getting into the primitive weapons season, I call mm-hmm. it kill your neighbor's deer season. Because <laughs> if, if you've got him on camera and you haven't gotten him by now, go on, call your neighbor and congratulate him on the deer because he's probably going to be the one to kill him. Because the deer is <laughs> right, yeah. moving around right about this time that, of the year. Exactly. That's why I hunt so hard in both seasons because, you know, the deer, they're not spooky. Right. They're not used to anybody being in the woods. and uh, it, the three biggest bucks I've killed, including that one, I've killed with a bow. Hmm. And, um, but if you're going to catch that dude out in the daylight, he's not going to, he, he hadn't, you know, heard the four wheelers or, and believe me, they know what a four wheeler is too. I agree with that. Because, uh, because I've watched them and, and hear a four wheeler come down, trucks, cars go down the road and nothing. And in a four wheeler, <laughs> and boy, they go. Right. I've seen that too many times. You know, I like uh, I like fitness and I like staying in shape and stuff. And I've gotten to where I will park my truck as about as far away as I, you know, feasibly can and, and make sure. about a half mile, mile walk to my spot just for that particular reason right there. I don't want to hear. Sure. I don't want them to hear me shutting doors, my, my dinging on my door when I got my keys left in. I don't want any of that, you know, and I try to I try to walk a little bit as much as I can. Because like you said, you know, they, they know certain sounds. And the more, oh, they know. The farther along yeah. deer season goes, the more, the more tougher, a, it, a tougher it gets. Get. That's right. <laughs> they, it gets hard for sure, for sure. So let's talk about this deer you shot the other day. So tell me the story on this big rascal, man. I, I can't wait to hear it. Well, you know, before season, I had a I had a few pictures of him coming out in the evening, but and you know it got cool a couple you know here a while back, and I had a couple of pictures of him coming out, and that evening there was a cold front coming in that night, but it was still warm, you know, it was on it was Friday on the seventh, and I said, well, I'm gonna go, you know, because you can't ever tell deer like to move before front. So I went, I got my ground blind, and as soon as I got in there, I mean, there was like three rabbits come out, and they started eating my grass. And I said, well, the rabbits and the squirrels in my feeder. And I said, well, the, you know, the little ones are moving. So, And about, I'm going to 6.15, a couple of does came out. 
And I said, well, y'all, so I was just sitting there. And then a couple more does came out. And then I saw um, a couple of deer coming through some, some, you know, some bushy parts. I said, well, there comes some more does. But it, it was it was a couple of little bucks. I think it was a four-point and a five-point. And, and they came out. And I'm talking about this is 25 yards from me. And they're all right there. And then a spike comes out. And he was as big as they were, but, you know, there was a four-point and five-point, and he was he was running around there messing with them, and they were putting their heads together, not fighting, you know how they do. And uh, I was just having a good time watching them, and I was sitting there not even ready, and all of a sudden, they all threw their heads up. And I said, what are they looking at? They was looking back toward my, my sister's house, which, you know, was five, six hundred yards. And I said, what are they looking that way for? And that, all of a sudden, he just walked out. And I said, oh, my God, that's him. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I bet you did. How far was he? He came out. When he first came out, he's probably about 40 yards. And he he never, he stopped, and then he started walking, and he made like a half circle all the way around those deer. And, man, they just, like, watched him, like, but he never made a move when he came all the way around them and got about 25 yards and put his head down and went to eat and i and i was still not quite ready and i you know i got a shooting stick in my ground blinds and i had i had got my crossbow on my shooting stick and i still had to turn my my sight on you know it makes a little click and i said oh lord and but it clicked and he never moved i said okay well when i got ready he raised his head up and he was he was quartering to me and i just couldn't help it I shot, and uh, when those deer, it was real dry, and, uh, you know, when those deer, oh, when it hit him, you could hear that arrow hit him, and they tore out, and it was it was so dust, it was just dust flying everywhere, <laughs> and I kept my eye on him, and he had to run about 25, 30 yards to get out of that opening, and I watched right where he went in, and, and then I just got a sick feeling, why did you shoot that deer quartering like that? <laughs> That's a tough shot. It's a tough Oh, shot. I mean, I just why did you do that? So I just I just sat there. And my youngest son had called me before, but I didn't answer because I had deer on me. But he, he called me back and answered me, and I told him, I, you know, I'd shot it. And, and uh, I said, man, I, I know better. I've done this before. Got to tracking them and jumping them up and. So I'm just gonna I'm I'm just gonna make myself wait, you know. And the rule of thumb for me is, is everybody says 45 minutes, you know, to an hour. So I said, well, shoot. And it's like I tell I told uh, Glenn Harris, I said I'm not gonna lie, you know, I play Candy Crush. <laughs> you had to do something so I, to occupy your mind, didn't you? So I, I so I got I, I I'm not gonna lie, I play sometimes when I'm hunting. <laughs> Well, I but think I got we my, all do I, something, you know, Facebook, yeah, I got, something. I, we doing something. Right, right. I got my iPad out, and I sort of, I said, look, I set my phone right there, and I thought, I said, it's 640. I said, I'm going to wait 45 minutes or an hour, so I'll start playing. I'm sitting there, and I keep watching that phone. <laughs> and now, when be it, honest with you. When it, be honest with me. Was that the longest hour of your life? Oh, Lordy, and the, and the longer I sat there, the sicker I got. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know when you see one quarter and two, you have what uh, 
about four inches this way and four inches that way. Yeah, it's left not, or, left or not the right much margin for error at all. No, and if you hit, you know, the way he was facing me, a little bit to the right would have been a shoulder shot, and a little bit to the left would have been, you know, in the gut shot. But and I just sitting there thinking, what in the world? You know, it's no telling. I just shot the biggest buck I've ever shot at, and I shot him wrong. <laughs> So anyway, it got it got the forty five minutes. I said, well, I can't handle it no more. Forty five minutes long enough. So I got out, and you know it was it was it was dark by then. And I got my light and I was shining where he was standing, nothing. And I went about ten fifteen feet, and I found one drop of blood. I said, Oh my God, this is no good. So I walked a little bit farther, and I found just a couple of drops. I said, well, I'm just gonna go over there where he went in that thicket, and when I went over there. It looked like he had tore a lane down through there because it, you know, it's a briar patch kind of. And I could see where he went, and uh, it was blood, you know, a little bit of blood here, a little bit of blood there, but I wasn't finding a whole lot. And I know I've tracked too many, and you you want to find a lot of blood when you start tracking, right. <laughs> when you start finding blood, and I didn't. But um, and that's the pro, you know, that's one of the the downsides to that that shot is. You, you're not if, if the arrow doesn't if you don't get a complete pass through you're not going to get a lot of blood you know it's, yeah. it's 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 a hard you know it's but something but you know it's sometimes it's the only shot you've got you know sure i mean he he probably would have turned but i just didn't i just couldn't wait <laughs> you know i'm not gonna lie i don't know i don't know if i could have waited either you know if you were confident enough in that shot you knew you could make it i mean I don't well, 25 yards 25 yards that? What kind With of crossbow raven. you get? You got a it's crossbow, a raven. right? Yes, yeah, raven, and it, it's bad it's to the bone. Oh, yeah, that mole man's got one, and that dude, but, oh, my God, they hit hard. But it's so fast, I mean, you forget seeing where you hit. Uh-huh, that's right. But, um, but yeah, I'm, um, I started finding a little more blood, and, I, and but I could see the way the deer went easily, you know, broke, you know, sticks and stuff, and, and I, well, you know, and I, the longer I looked, the worse I felt. I said, oh, my gosh, this is not going to be good. So, I, actually, I went probably 100 yards, and I could see something, but I couldn't tell what it was. So I, and it was a lot of, you know, bushes and stuff. So, I got over there, and I got over where I could see, and I said, oh, my gosh, there he is. But that's where all the blood was. <laughs> where he was. Yeah, I've seen that happen before. It was, it looked like he poured a five-gallon bucket out. But like he, when he fell, he might have, you know, been spun around. Stumbling around and all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I just sat down and I just sat there and shined my light on him. I said, oh, my gosh, you lucky rascal. <laughs> but, you know, 100 yards. And, and I even called a friend of mine and, you know, told him. He, and he told me, he said, if you, if you need me. I'll come and help you. I said, I know that. I said, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I got about a hundred yards to drag this deer. But you know, when you grab a hold of a deer with one side and you go to jerk on him, he don't move. Yeah. You you he's you, big he's big and he's a good size. Yeah, he's a good size <laughs> animal for this area for sure. But uh I just sat there a little while, you know, got I mean, I just couldn't believe that I found him that that quick, not finding any blood, but so I thought, so, I, you know, I called my buddy, and I said, well, if I need you, I'm going to call you. And, uh, but I 
sit there and I finally, and I went in and I grabbed him by both horns and I just dragged him about 10 steps. You see, I'm 66 years old, but I don't, I'm not 66. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> you know, everybody knows me, but, you know, I help a lot of people, but I hate to ask for help. And I had a grandfather, he was a little bitty man. And he was in his upper 70s. And I used to get on him all the time about not asking for help. And now I'm doing the same thing. <laughs> right. I mean, when Glenn, when Mr. Glenn told me that you had had uh, had handled this deer by yourself in the situation, what you did. And, I, and of course, you know, I, I knew around about, you know, about your age range. I didn't know you were 66, but I had you in your 60s. You know, first thing yeah. I thought was like, man, why didn't somebody come help this guy? You know, but yeah. first thing is, hey, I could have got to ask for help. Be honest with you. <laughs> exactly. I had all the help I wanted if I asked for, but I, if, if I couldn't have done it, I'd have called. Right, right. But I, I'd drag him while I just sat down because by then I was, I was just content because I found him. Right. And I'd drag him a little ways and I'd just sit down and I'd drag him and finally I got him in the opening. But I did have, I did have a lift made. Uh, it had a little winch on it, and uh, you put it in your receiver hitch. Uh huh. But I didn't know I got I got I got uh, the truck I was hunting in. The one I usually hunt in is the one I stay in. Well, I've got a, a second truck that I hunt in a, a Tacoma that I bought, and I don't use it that much. So I threw that thing in the back, but I didn't look at the receiver hitch, and that, the guy I bought the truck from had it bolted in. To keep it from rattling mm -hmm. and i didn't know it so that did away with that deal <laughs> yeah but i had like i told now i said i had a piece of um one inch just say plywood it was osb in the back of that truck that was about three by four and i said well maybe if i can i can I slid that out and left it right on the edge of the tailgate. And I said, I don't know if I, you know, there's no way I drag this deer. But I don't know if it was what it was drilling or what. But I grabbed that deer by the horn and I put my hand on a turnbuckle on, up on the side of the bed. And I pulled that dude up in there. Mm. And I said, well, I'll be doggone. Well, I got him. So, Well, I tell you, that's, uh, how long do you think it took for you to, recover, to, to get him drug out of there? How long do you think that was? I say thirty minutes mm. to drag him a hundred yards. That's <laughs> so. <laughs> you said he was. You know, you, we know at this point we we can tell it's a big animal. Did you weigh him? Mm -hmm. I didn't actually weigh him, but you know, I got a buddy of mine that raised deer, and uh, he 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 kind of aged him. He said he's like five five and a half year old, and you know, he said he's big. You know, he's big. Yeah, but uh. But he was he was heavy. I've drugged too many of them, and he. I, I told him then I said he was two hundred or a little better. I don't, I don't know he was. Yeah, at that size, you would almost believe you know he's not been through the rut. He's had the the, the summer to get a little you know size. Obviously, he's probably. I would I wouldn't be surprised at all if that deer was hitting two hundred, a little over two hundred pounds for sure. Yeah, for sure. He, he was he, he was he, he was heavy, and he he was big body, wide wide body. Has anybody else come forward and said, "Hey, I've been I've been hunting that deer for a while." Anybody said anything like that, or is it just... well, well, as a matter of fact, I talked to some guys today that are probably not even a quarter of a mile from there, and one of them's son killed a really nice buck last year, and he said they killed that one right across the road, 
and uh and he said let me he said and him and his brother you know they're both you know grown and and both on the center told me said we neither one of us have a picture of that deer hmm. so we've done looked through all our pictures and we don't have one i said well the, the way i understood it i went back the next day i'll tell you this much i went back the next day and found my error and I went over there where that deer came from, and I went in there, and I found a bed in there, and it was it was just wore down. And I got over there and I squatted in and I looked at that bed, and he and that from that bed you could see that whole area that opening where I was feeding. Huh. And that's right where that deer came from, and I said, this "Deer's been watching me, because I drive up there and you know throw the corn out." And, but you know, I've heard I've heard a lot of stories about the big bucks laying up in people's yards, mm-hmm. and, and you and you have too. Well, I guess he was one of them. And these guys had cameras out for a while, and they said we do not have a picture of that deer. It's funny you bring up the buck bed. I'm listening to a podcast, or I, I finished up a podcast today uh, with the Southern Outdoorsman. They were talking about uh, hunting a buck in his bedding area. And and they were t- and you know the guy they were talking to was like saying the same thing. He said a buck is going to bed where he can see everything that goes on. Doesn't surprise me a bit in the world what you just said about this deer was bedded up where he could see exactly what's going on in his area. Um, but he, here's he could see. He, that, yeah. Why would you know if he could see that? You know he still came out. I mean, obviously, you think he knew that you were there, or did he? I mean, obviously no. He the the way the way I come in, but the way I come in, I've got me a, a another way in. I've got oh, a trail. I got you coming in to my ground blind, and it's on the other end of that opening. And I come around that way. I got coming you. in, but I think he came out because those little old bucks were out there competition cutting up, cutting up like they were. That's what it was competition. That's, that's what I think. Very well could have been. Very well could have been. But he, he couldn't see. that. That's one thing I did when I put my ground blind. I put it on the other end of that, that opening. And I had a, there, there was a partial road coming around through the woods that way. And I cut me a trail in and I actually raked the leaves back where, you know, I could be quiet coming to my ground blind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but he, there's no way he could have seen me coming to my ground blind, but. When I come in to feed, the road runs right, right in front of that spot, and he's sitting there, and I'm—I just about know it because that bed's been well used. Right, right. And uh, and I know he watched me put corn out. Yeah, isn't that the craziest <laughs> I sh- thing? I sure didn't know he was laying right there. Right there, right at you the whole time. What? So you you shoot a cra- uh, raven? What kind of broadhead you shoot? I shoot a raise, two inch raise. Uh, they make one for a crossbow. They sure do. They sure do. Yeah, and that's what I shoot. How long you been shooting that broadhead? Uh, I've been shooting a broadhead probably at least five or six years. I shot a Spitfire before that. I've shot the Spitfire before. I like the Spitfire um, myself. Um, yeah, I killed a six by six elk with a Spitfire in uh, in Colorado, uh-huh. and it. It did a good job. Yeah. But I, when I bought the crossbow, well, I used to have a, another crossbow. I just bought this Raven this past summer. Okay. Which which um, Raven is it? Do you remember? Um, I don't know. It's not the real expensive one. Right, right. 
I think Dad's I got read. the R10. I think that's the one he shoots is the R10. Yeah. And that dude is some kind of fast man. Good lord. That's a good. That's a good crossbow. To be honest with you. And that's a good broadhead that you shoot. You know, I, I think it's a. Uh, is that the tripan uh, for the crossbow? I can't remember. Be off the top of my head. But um, yeah, you've got a good setup for sure. For sure, you've taken a lot of deal yeah. with it. I've had. I've, I've had good luck with that that broadhead. Yeah. Now the the crossbow. I I, I used to hunt compound bow till about I don't know four years ago. Mm-hmm. But I shot that I shot that rage you know with my compound bow too. But I just went to the crossbow. I don't know if it's any difference. I don't know what the difference is. Right. But it says crossbow, so I buy it. You know, I've you no, know? I've wondered that myself. I think the grain, no, is it 125 grain? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. Maybe it's the grain. I don't know what the, but they'll label them. They sell them for crossbows. So, I, like you said, I don't know what the difference is. Yeah, I don't know if it's got a, a little bit stronger. And it may um, because those crossbows. Tab on the back, you yeah, know. Those crossbows are bringing some heat, man. When they, when they sling one down range, it's it's coming, especially as a range. Oh, yeah. It, they're and so and I fast. don't know how they make that thing do that with a limb shape like that. I know it, it's it, weird. It's all pulleys. <laughs> hey, and keep your finger. Hey, I'll give you this. Keep your fingers low. Don't put your fingers up high. Yeah. When you look at when you look in the scope, it's got your dots and it's got to keep fingers away that's it like, yeah hey i'm telling you man i've seen on on social media some of these guys get their hands up their fingers up too high sure and man they'll draw all. back a nub in a minute it'll cut it off sure it will. will well look mr terry i appreciate your time man you know i think we got a good uh good little podcast here yeah um is there anything else you want to add to the story oh no just uh it's uh, everybody knows it hunting is a preparation and a lot of luck a lot of luck you know it's it's i <laughs> just, say it all the time it. hey just i can't tell it. you how many deer i've scored to where the hunters just you know one thing they'll say is number one is either i never knew he was there or you know i i, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time and that's all that's really it. a lot of it that's is it. it's it's you got to do your preparation you know yep. you know but a lot of it's luck a lot of and it's that, just yep the anticipation that that's what makes it worth it yeah the anticipation if you you was gonna kill him every time you went you'd get burned out it wouldn't be any fun <laughs> would it? no that's right well look man congratulations on your deer terry bam well, bam you. i gave i give everybody a nickname because we're giving that trophy belt away so you got the big name bam bam alvis <laughs> so yeah the deer good. ended up it's a, what is it it's a it's a typical 10 with one irregular point right Mm-hmm. And uh, it scored one forty-seven and six eighths. Is that right? That's right. That's right. One forty-seven six eighths. They're extremely long tines. I believe some of the tines were bumping around uh, eleven, twelve inches. Main beams. Uh, the longest main beam was twenty-three inches. The spread, like we said before, was over eighteen inches. Uh, circumference measurements were really good. The bases were over four all the way around. I don't. I think. Uh, it went four, four, three, maybe two. I can't remember right off the top of my head. Yeah. It had good mass. Beautiful yeah. deer. Beautiful deer, man, I'm telling you. Uh, very, very glad that a good guy like you ended up with this animal. So, 
And you know that it, that's what you hunt for. It took me a long time to get him, but I've killed some good deer, but not nothing like that. So yeah, well, that's gonna be yeah, hard. Yeah, to stay with it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, look, man, I appreciate you taking time out to talk to me this evening. Now, sure, I appreciate you. All right, brother. We'll talk at you later on. Okay. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. So that was a good podcast, man. I appreciate Mr. Terry Bam Bam Alvis for coming on and talking to us. You know, I give everybody a nickname for this Union Parish contest because we're giving away a heavyweight belt, like a wrestling belt. So everybody gets a wrestling nickname. Terry Alvis, Terry Bam Bam Alvis, Daniel Calvin is the corny bottom boogeyman. I mean, we got all kind of stuff. So bring your deer. We're going to score your deer. We're going to, if you make the contest, I'm going to give you a nickname, all that fun stuff. So go check out the gear. Antlers and Hicks. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Antlers and Hicks. Um, we got some T-shirts. We got some sh- some ball caps, stuff like that. Uh, you know, nothing major. Again, if you want to talk, man, I love talking deer hunting. Let's get on here. Kill a good deer. You see somebody kill a good deer, let me know. We'll get it going on. So, again, my name is Greg Hicks. This is the Antlers and Hicks podcast. And as always, I'm going to encourage you guys to live your life past 20 yards. I'll see you next time.